0: Welcome back, everybody. It's OmniTalk Retail coming to you live from the Manifest 2024 conference in the OmniTalk booth, K15. K15. I'm Ann Mazenga. And I'm
1: Chris Walton.
0: And we are joined in between us by the lovely Kristen Dias, the Vice President of Global Supply Chain at Mars. Kristen, welcome. Thank you, thank you for having me here. Yes, yes, how's the show going for you so far?
2: It's going great, I'll say it's a bit overwhelming because there are so many different vendors here to be able to explore what is new and emerging out there, Um, but it's great even the practitioner community to be able to share, connect, and learn with one another. I bet, I bet. And
1: we want to talk to you more about that for sure, but before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, your background and your role at Mars?
2: great um so yes i'm an electrical engineer by background oh wow by training okay um so i started my early career in uh factories designing equipment really uh and then i made my way into supply chain uh, okay. supply chain planning inventory management you name it um, but now at mars i'm uh, leading their global supply chain coe and i head up an investment program that's specializing in uh, the data and analytic and. analytic Basically, digitalization of supply chain space.
1: Oh my gosh, that sounds that sounds like an immense job, actually. So yeah. how, do, how do you how do you get a handle on that?
2: It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm I'm grateful that we actually have a super smart um, team of fantastic people. Oh my god! <laughs> um, but there's a lot going on. I think um, the, the big thing is just being very focused and choiceful in a few key areas that we want to drive momentum. And just remain disciplined in looking at how you continue to build the journey year after year. Yeah,
1: because how many countries does Mars operate in?
0: Oh, my gosh, a lot, yeah. like It's, <laughs> it's like
1: hundreds, though, right? I mean, it's like yes, almost every yes. country in the world, right? Yes, and you're in yes. charge of all that. Wow.
0: Well, it's fun. Kristen, let's dive into a little bit about why you're here at Manifest. I mean, it sounds like you're, you're kind of trying to stay on top of what's happening in the industry, meet with other peers, but tell us a little bit about you know what you like to do here, well, how you game plan coming to Manifest. Yeah, I think one of the
2: most important things um, that I do, there's two things that I was doing before coming here. One was really scoping out who are some of the, the peers from other companies okay. that were coming so that we could be really intentional on connecting to share and learn from one another. Oh, um, that's the cool. second one was just taking a look at who are some of the new vendors that would be out here in this expo hall, and. In a lot of cases, it's hard to keep the pace with technology. Yeah, um, For the journey that we're on, I feel very strongly that there's a there's a build, there's a buy, but sometimes it's a co-develop. Yeah. Um. So sometimes with what you need, we're not going to find exactly what is going to hit every need. Um. So I like just walking around and scoping to see who's out here, and more importantly, how do they engage with their customer base? Yeah. To figure out if we have a need that really doesn't have a very clean solve yet. Yeah. Is there chemistry with somebody that may present, uh, you know, a teaming partnership opportunity?
0: Kristen, this is like a. It's probably going to be an odd question but how do you do that i mean do you find that other peers of yours are receptive to like do you just go get coffee with them like how does it how does it work i mean i I feel like that's something that people are wanting to do i'm sure our listeners are too but like what how have you found success in connecting with your peers yeah i i think a lot of it is um there's not a single
2: person that i reached out to that maybe i didn't know but okay. cold reached out that wasn't willing to have a conversation yeah in some cases it's a small world so there are people i'm reconnecting with through sure. earlier lives right. um and just collectively i think extending our networks together um but i'll, I'll say can, you know candidly i think people have been very candid open authentic yeah. and there's not been a, a lack of willingness to share not just what has worked, but, you know, I think people have been very open and vocal in sharing what were some of the mistakes they made yeah. and how do others learn from that yeah. so that they don't have to repeat the same.
1: That's really great. I mean, I we've we've asked that question of a lot of people mm-hmm. over the years. I think that's the first time anyone has ever said that they use these conferences to reconnect with peers and are very deliberate in their approach in yeah. doing so. So that's very commendable. Um, the other thing, the other thing that brings you here, the other reason you're here, is you're speaking on stage, right? So I'm curious, what are some of the messages you plan on delivering to the audience when you uh, give your speech?
2: Yes. So um, I'm part of a, a, panel, a panel of cross industry okay. peers that are talking about tools and technology. And um, some of the key messages that we're talking about are, um, especially in anything that you do in solutioning, a lot of it is um, grounded by data. Right. Um, and so yeah, there there's. There it is a, again, folks. <laughs> so, yeah, other people are mentioning it. There is, um, there's a tremendous amount of learning um, that we've had in this space, in actually saying you have to build trust with a broader ecosystem and incentivize them to have willingness to share data, bi directional data sharing and together we may be able to build out solutions for mutual value versus any one of us trying to convince somebody to give them data that you're gonna use in your own organization and isolation.
1: I'm curious, ah, this is great, what is your rubric for whether or not you will or will not share data with someone, if, if you can talk about that at all. I've always wanted I've always curious about how people approach that because yeah. it always comes up. You know, mm-hmm, people are always yes. talking about, well, it's my own data. I don't want to share it or, yes. you know, but there are instances where it's valuable to share it. So how do you think through that?
2: Yeah. So I think um, for one, it's um, what, what are you trying to achieve? And so somebody may be asking for data. And if there's a real good understanding of what they're trying to achieve, does that present... A very different opportunity for a uh, uh, conversation to explore doing something together. You know, one of the other pieces that we're talking through from a data perspective is. Um, Within Mars, there's five principles, and one of the five principles is mutuality, and we think very strongly about this. Yeah. And so in engaging in conversations with people, I think it's not just what's in it for you, mm-hmm. what's in it collectively for the community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to ask me for something, is there a value that I get out of it? Is there a value that you get out of it? Um, is there a bigger value for a broader ecosystem? And I actually even see a lot more creative innovation happening in a space and looking at partnering to share data across even competing companies yes. in a yeah. way that I've not actually seen in the past.
1: Yeah, so you did great there. Yeah, no, we got that back on track. <laughs> yeah, no problem at all, no problem at all. But the key point being you're very deliberate in yes. how you think about that when that situation arises in terms of, okay, what is the value of me sharing this data from Mars with my partners?
2: Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, and I think we have to be willing to. I, you know, I think years ago it used to be nobody was willing to share, nothing leaves my environment. Um, but I think the reality is the problems um, that we're trying to solve and the complexity is ever increasing. And mm-hmm. um, I'm always a firm believer that we can co create and build out solutions that. Um, have a much better impact for the ecosystem that any one of us can right. do on our own.
0: Right, especially when you have the partners that you're working with who are able to kind of say, we're seeing this here and yes. this here, and how do we like make things better for all Put of all us? all the different pieces together, right? Right, right. right. It's very well, nice
1: to hear that, actually.
0: Yeah, well, I'm curious then, what kinds of technology or what kind of partners are you out here looking at while mm-hmm. we're walking the floor of, of the Manifest yeah. Expo Hall? so one area that i'm um, definitely i'm
2: interested in is we are on a multi-year journey to automate our factories and our warehouses okay um, so definitely when i take a look at um how far we've come in automating warehouses mm-hmm. there's still a lot of challenges um, that i see out there in terms of looking at um case picking yep
1: um, hearing you know, that a lot today too yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah
2: like if you have a full pallet, there's a lot of good solutions out there but when you start getting to more of the complex stuff it gets a lot harder and so I'm interested in looking at what's out there. Um, How are we progressing uh, with the options? And more importantly, in some cases, if we don't have a solve yet, how are some of these companies coming together collectively to think about how they might tackle that? Um, and, And for us, I think in a lot of cases, it's a matter of looking at how do you if nobody has any integrated full solution yet, can we co-create yeah. and bring something to the market together um, yep. that helps add value? Yes.
1: I'm curious too, only because we're having this conversation uh, in a LinkedIn webinar soon where we're gonna talk about the trends people are seeing in supply chain and how they're impacting both the retail side as well as your side, the CPG side of the organization too. So based on what you said in terms of automation, like how, how else are you thinking about the supply chain network in terms of like size of building, types of automation, anything you can share there for our audience?
2: Well, I mean, I'd actually even say uh, maybe I'll, I'll answer a bit of a different question. A yeah. I'm um, not so much on the size of the building, but when you talk about retailers or
1: location too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, we're doing a lot of work to understand what our biggest challenges are for our key customers, our retail customers. And so, if there are things like somebody saying, "It's very important for me to look at cracking same-day delivery right. to my consumer base." What does that mean for me as a shipper? Mm-hmm. And if we could be more intentional on saying what are the most important lanes for you to win in mm-hmm. same day delivery, what would need to be true for us to think about how to be more reliable on those lanes, then it really creates mutual value driving growth together. Right. Got it.
1: So are you talking like drop shipping then in that situation or is that like like you're shipping on behalf of the retailer to the destination then? Is that the case? I, I
2: mean, in some cases it may just be same day replenishment to oh, a key retail to the store. store. Okay, got it. Um, that then has what they need to be able to support same okay. day delivery to the customers got or it. customer pickup. Yeah, or wherever, right. they're,
1: wherever they're distributing their product to. Exactly, the, yeah, I
2: mean, and even broader, oh, I guess that it kind of brings up the whole question around the, the broader omni-channel yeah. um, yes. landscape mm-hmm. that is becoming more and more complex. How do we take a step back and say, I probably can't go find and buy exactly what I need. What am I trying to solve for? Is there a different way to build out a community of partners that may be able to crack that better together? Yeah,
0: so that you, I mean, and that I think stems from what we were hearing earlier today, which is sometimes that's Mars getting the product directly to a consumer versus Mars, you know, saying, here's here are the retail outlets. You need all of those options to really satisfy your customers, right? Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. that's, yes.
1: That's why my, my mind went, went there. Oh, uh, okay, so let's get you out of here on this. So, if you were to step back and say, these are my priorities for 2024, what would they be?
2: I think, um, you know, so in the in the, the panel um, talk that we're saying, um, the most important thing for me is to think about the associates that are running our day-to-day operations and those that we partner with. And so Good. my number one objective is to say, how do we make the work easier for them every mm-hmm. day and to make it easier for our partners, whether it be suppliers or downstream retail customers to do work with us.
1: Makes sense. That's smart. That's also an answer we've never heard before. I know. Really? It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, no surprisingly, one ever starts there. it's the they, first thing that we heard that today. And automation's interesting in that, too, because it can be the employee's best friend if you deploy yes. it the right way. There is there's, exactly there's right. excited about it as anybody. Right. right.
2: Creates the capacity for them to go do other things. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. It's been great to meet you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Kristen Diehess of Mars will be back with more interviews later today and throughout the show. So stick around, and Anne, as always...
0: Be careful out there.